We're midway through 2020. However, it seems as if the year never even truly caught steam. During this pandemic, our cocoon of perfectly crafted schedules, routines and plans has given way to uncertainties and insecurities, although not without a sprinkling of hope and this desire to make lemonade. Through this series, we'll take you on a journey through the hearts and the minds of people around the world and their unique experiences of living in a lockdown planet. I'm your presenter, Shagun Trisal, and this is Letters from the Lockdown. In our season finale, we're going to hear from a rested author who's determined not to give up on hope amidst a series of lockdowns. A first-time mom-to-be shares her fears of taking care of a newborn in the absence of elders in the house. And our featured guest, Anupriya Goenka, talks to us about what all she lost and what she gained during the lockdown. Finally, stick around for today's featured music. Our first letter of the episode is from Anam Khan. Anam calls herself a nutcase who came from Delhi to Kashmir in 2019 to start a cafe. She traded writing for public health to serve coffee in Kashmir only to be hit by a series of lockdowns. Mostly hyperactive, Anam likes to live in her happy bubbly bubble and takes pride in turning nightmares into laugh riots. Anam was initially locked in with her grandparents in Srinagar but later managed to move back in with her mother in the same city. I'm a pro at lockdowns now. My destiny brought me to Kashmir in 2019, which I thought was my year. Turns out it was the year of the biggest communication blockade and lockdown in Kashmir. The greatest lesson I learned during the lockdown was that nothing is in our control. Not our destiny, not our vision board, and not even our emotions. I was never big on go with the flow, but I allowed myself to be that fish. The cafe that I very passionately started and moved to Kashmir for only saw two months of operations last year and one month of business this year. That's a total of three months in two years. I never did the math, but I guess I've conditioned myself to not feel bogged down by the state's oppression and God's plans. The only silver lining in the current lockdown is that the internet, and by that I mean 2G, was restored in Kashmir in February, and except for a few blackouts, I have pretty much munched on Netflix using VPN irresistibly. Apart from being selective about what I watch, mostly mellow content, I've also been mindful of limiting my Netflix hours to night time. The other thing that I've been very careful about during this lockdown is boundaries with my family. Kashmiri households don't understand boundaries and emotional space. So I've had to demarcate these because alone time is very important for one to process emotions, be it sadness, anger or general anxiety. Also, I've created a healthy space with my friends where we communicate via video calls about what we feel or are thinking about. Planning In spite of all the glitches in the last two years, I've made diary notes of what I plan on doing in life or when things open up. This really helps me because hope is the only thing one can latch on to. I haven't baked a single loaf of bread. I've fractured my foot though. Maybe breaking a foot in the lockdown is better than hustling for FOMO. What I'm really trying to say is that my secret at quarantining is that I never allow myself to feel the pressure of socially constructed standards of productivity. It's okay if you didn't work out, read a book or made tiramisu. And it's okay if you've had multiple emotional outbursts. We're only human to feel everything that we do. But what I did do is build a routine which did change a couple of times in these past months, but kept me going overall. 
I wake up at noon and do almost the same things each day, which gives me a sense of routine. Coloring, painting, reading articles on astrology, helping my house helps kids with academics, making plans to open the cafe, watching a lot of Gilmore Girls and hopping around using my walker could sum up what my current lockdown phase looks like. But in the last one month since I've had a cast on my leg, one thing that kept me going is hope. So hold on to yours. Keep your happy bubbles strong, enveloped with hope and filled with cheer of your crazy pack. Take it from someone living in a lockdown for over a year now. A happy bunch and hope is all you've got. Everything else, like bread, is just a bonus that you've got to have with Nutella. While Netflixing? <laughs> this letter was read by Sneha Suresh. Our lives and plans have been turned upside down with a four-month-long lockdown. It's hard to imagine how people in Srinagar deal with the frequent lockdowns that they're subjected to. We, at least, have had the luxury of the internet by our side to help us binge-watch films and series, stream our favorite music, stay connected with our friends and family, find an escape on social media, work from home, or even listen to a podcast. But Anam makes a valid point. To help us get through a pandemic, we're all actually latching on to hope, aren't we? Shivam, who's a photographer and aspiring writer-slash-filmmaker based out of Faridabad, says that along with hope, we must also latch on to the little things that give us happiness. Like when he witnessed a full rainbow and managed to capture it on his lens, he felt as though he'd unlocked a lifetime achievement. And that was all he needed to get through the rest of the day. During this lockdown, what is our ikigai these days, he asks. What is that one reason to jump out of bed in the morning or a reason to live? The lockdown, Shivam rightly says, has given us ample time to do a lot and do nothing at all at the same time. And so, it's important to breathe, stand strong and find happiness in the tiniest of joys. Speaking of unlocking treasures for a lifetime, our next letter is from Aditi Sharma. Aditi lives in Shanghai with her husband and was due for her first delivery a week after she sent in this letter in June. On January 23rd, shortly after being back in Shanghai, after a 10-day trip to India, I went to my husband with my pregnancy craving to have a chicken egg croissant from Starbucks. But going out in Shanghai had never felt this scary before. I knew Shanghai as a city always bustling with people, cafes flocked with coffee lovers and malls packed with shoppers. Now, in less than a week, the streets had become empty. We walked to four Starbucks, one after the other, only to be welcomed by closed doors each time, with a pinned notice, closed due to COVID-19. We were a little surprised, but little did we know at that time that we were facing one of the first lockdowns of the world. It took us a couple of days to fully grasp the seriousness of the situation and decided to head back to India for a few more days. Although, with my pregnant self, traveling seemed more tiring than ever. But this journey had to be made. After spending a month and a half in India, it was time to head back home. We missed Shanghai after all. But we knew that this time, international travel would not be the same. And I was terrified. I was in my last trimester and constantly questioning if I was doing the right thing for my baby. After standing in long queues at the Delhi airport with swollen ankles and then sitting in one position on an eight-hour flight with a constant backache, our N95 masks and latex gloves, 
we finally landed in Shanghai. Upon landing, I saw 20 medical staffers dressed in white PPE from head to toe. My heart began to race. I don't think I have ever been this scared of showing signs of fever. But thankfully, we got the clearance to head home without a compulsory quarantine. Life here is slowly returning to normal, but with masks and a lot of sanitizers. At the same time, the lockdown in India has affected us too. As my due date is approaching, I'm worried that my mother, who had initially planned to come and stay with us to essentially help us with the baby, can no longer come. As a first-time mom-to-be, I needed her to be with me more than anything else. But now, it's going to be just my husband and me. There are times when both of us are confident of handling everything. But sometimes, we become totally paranoid about handling a newborn. Besides, it breaks my heart that we would have no one from our families to meet this new member and neither of our mothers to pamper me in my postpartum phase or guide us through parenting. However, I haven't lost hope. In fact, after watching life return to normal in Shanghai, I am certain that sooner or later, India will get there too. Everyone has suffered to different degrees, emotionally, financially or physically. But life would be good again. That's what the mom in me believes. This letter was read by Pamela Paul. First of all, congratulations to Aditi and her husband. Since writing this letter, they have now become parents of a beautiful baby. While some families are glad to have everyone under the same roof, dining together, catching up, sharing laughter or just supporting each other in their day-to-day -day routines, there are also those who've been locked away from their families and are dealing with everything from household chores to their emotions alone. Krati, another mom-to-be, wrote to us from Harden in the UK and found out that she's pregnant in December 2019. The couple and their families were ecstatic. Krati had even started planning all the things she needed to tick off on her list before the little one's arrival in August 2020. Little did she know then that all her plans, which involved a baby moon in Spain, lots of summer dresses, and a trip to her parents' in India, would be thrown out of the window. Krati's parents were supposed to fly to the UK in August for the baby's arrival, but that won't be happening anymore either. However, amidst all this, Krati's found some silver linings too. She and her husband have had the time to set up their new home and build a nursery for the baby. They go for all baby scans together and love watching their little one grow. From raising a family to supporting your parents, our final letter of the day is from Anupriya Goenka. Anupriya is an actress and model who's known for her work in Hindi and Telugu films. She is also credited for playing a lesbian in India's first ever lesbian ad for the brand Mintra. More recently, Anupriya has been seen in Criminal Justice, War and Padmavat. Anupriya is locked in alone in Mumbai. The lockdown began on a very difficult, unexpected note for me. I faced a major financial loss and it wiped out a huge chunk out of my savings. Since I belong to such an uncertain industry and I'm the sole bread earner of my family, savings are extremely important, especially at such a time when work has completely stopped. My first two months of the lockdown went in obsessively trying to salvage the situation and my savings until I realized I could do no more. However, in the process, I learned that life is too fickle. I have seen life from close quarters and huge financial crises all through growing up. 
I've restarted and changed professions thrice. And I've had to do it alone without guidance while being responsible for the survival of not just me, but my family too. And even now, I am in an industry which is extremely uncertain. I've always been a big believer in savings. So much so that I struggle with spending money on myself. I have known for a while that it is a big problem. But facing life in all its glory makes you strong and prepares you for the worst too. But when I was booking losses and seeing my hard-earned money disappear on a daily basis for almost two months, it all just began to look like mere digits on an Excel sheet. It was also surreal. A huge chunk of money, which I could have instead used to build lifelong experiences, gone. We say for a rainy day, a rainy day which may or may not come. However, I feel we should save for enjoyment for ourselves and our loved ones. And enjoy we should. This phase has been a new chapter in everyone's lives. We are all experiencing mixed emotions, but all of us have also had four months to hit pause and have almost been forced to reflect on what we choose to prioritize. Earlier, whenever we faced a crisis, we would handle it quickly and move on. But now, we are forced to process the effect and the existential questions as well. Post this financial setback, I told myself, fine, I shall rebuild again. But it's not like a full restart. Everything in the air seems like a new phase anyway right now. Though I should be feeling insecure right now about the money I've lost. And I am a little worried about the future in some sense because of the pandemic. There is a sudden new resolve in me to live my life to the maximum. To start enjoying myself and spending on myself. To travel, have new experiences and learn new skills. If nothing else, this lockdown has taught all of us that literally anything can happen. And so, maybe the things that we have been running after are really not that important. One of the most difficult questions that all of us, especially we as performers, have to think about, often at our acting workshops, is the question, Who are you? This is a mind-boggling one for me. A question I've always tried to dodge, as it's too tumultuous to figure the answer to that. I know that this is something we all really need to explore at heart, but I've always tried to run away from the catharsis. I am generally very aware and open, talking about how I feel, but I don't dig deep enough. I know things at surface level and leave them there. But in the lockdown, with so much time at hand, I've become brave enough to dig deep into my emotions and face my fears. There are days I feel uplifted. There are so many things I want to do. Travel, learn a new instrument or a new language or dance. And sometimes there are days that I mull over what's really important to me. Why am I doing what I'm doing in various aspects of my life? And these are not easy answers, okay? But I'm trying to stay with them to figure them out. Another thing that I've managed to achieve out of this period is find a routine, which is something I've always struggled with. I've generally been a morning person, but my days usually started with chores, planning the day, messaging or doing something or the other. It was always a little scattered. But now, I wake to gaze out of the window, have a cup of coffee, play music I love and do nothing with no agenda or the need to do something constructive at least for 30 to 45 minutes. And it's been a revelation of sorts. Something so simple, peaceful and reinvigorating has always been available to us. But we don't embrace it. 
I've also started maintaining a journal, meditating and doing regular actoriyas. This routine has been a big blessing. My major takeaway from this period is that in some sense, if all of us have been able to survive, it's with some sort of care for one another. While there has been a lot of misery in the world, there have also been so many people who've gone out to help strangers risking their own lives while they must have been dealing with their own share of problems. I think now more than ever before, we are really aware of our privilege. If you are healthy, able to sit in the safety of your house, have food on the table, enjoy a cup of tea, have a conversation with your loved one, that's a big blessing. So in the face of all this misery, uncertainty and gloominess, one needs to keep reassessing their priorities and reiterating the good things around them. We need to treat each other with compassion and be more responsible towards the environment and the society we are building. And this needs to be a continuous daily process and not a one-off thought during the lockdown or our lifetime. Compassion and taking responsibility is the only way forward. This letter was read by Archita Trisal. This lockdown has not just been hard on people emotionally and socially, but has also been harsh financially. Millions of people have already lost their jobs, and many more are at risk of losing theirs. Business establishments are facing major losses, and many others have simply been left defunct during this period. And this has, of course, had a trickle-down effect. But, as Anupriya said, despite living under the dark cloud of economic recession and social crisis, we should strive to build a society that is empathetic and inclusive. Varsha, who's locked in with a lizard for company in her house in Uttar Pradesh, has been doing exactly that. She's learning to re-evaluate opportunities that she took for granted. She does miss the old normal, but she no longer romanticizes it. She understands that sometimes it's important to take a pause, introspect our lives and offer course correction. Varsha says that this is the time to rediscover ourselves and fill our hearts with love rather than negativity and distrust. Maybe that's why she's less hostile to the lizard too now. Before moving on to the final segment of the episode, a quick shout out to Udita Chaturvedi, the producer of the show, to Payal Rathor, the audio engineer of the show, to Nishant Nagar for the theme track, and to all the voice artists who helped us lend authenticity to these letters. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Letters from the Lockdown. Or drop us your feedback, comments and suggestions at lettersfromthelockdown at gmail.com. As we draw close to the end of this season, we're extremely humbled and overwhelmed by the response we've received. So many of our listeners have come back to us using the word healing to describe how they felt while listening to the podcast. Some have felt comforted and others have just enjoyed the variety of stories they've been able to listen to. The purpose behind starting Letters from the Lockdown was to create a platform where we could all learn to acknowledge each other's lockdown journeys. While everyone is essentially going through the same lockdown, our experiences are very different from each other's. And often, the experiences are even more diverse outside of our peer circles. Through these 10 episodes, we hope that you've been able to learn to empathize with one another, share each other's joys, find courage in someone's story, or even have your own feelings validated through the words of another. As for Season 2, we have some very exciting ideas. We will be back soon with a new theme and a new set of letters. To close out the season, we have Swati Bhatt enchanting us with her mellifluous voice. Originally from Raipur, Swati is a Delhi-based singer-songwriter whose music combines elements of jazz, a cappella singing, contemporary pop and folk 
to frame a fresh and unique sound. Drawn from personal experiences, her songs often talk about breaking mental and social barriers. The track we're about to play for you is her third single from her debut EP, which promises to take listeners on a lulling journey with words that express the essence of a hidden place in her memory. You can check her music out on your preferred platform and follow her on Instagram at swati underscore bhat. Our featured music of the day comes from Swati Bhat with her track Reverie. I'm Shagun Trisal. You've been listening to Letters from the Lockdown. <laughs>